In conversation with Carolina Norrie, this is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and can you believe that this thing called 2021 only has a few weeks left? It's crazy, it's Friday morning as I'm recording this, and we only have, including today, three days left before the Wild Eye office closes for the year, <laughs> a year, well, two years that felt like it has gone on for eternity. I'm just writing my newsletter that's going out later this morning, and in there I'm touching on this as well, on how we need to just start making our minds up and changing gears because, damn, we can't keep going with this negativity and all of that. But let's flip this. Positive thing. Yesterday I had a chat with Carolina. She's a wildlife photographer originally from Sweden who now works in the Kruger National Park with Craig, her boyfriend. And I picked up her social a while ago on my recommended feed, and I've loved the way in which she's built her brand. Her photography is great. The way she launched her print shop and just kind of how she's grown both as a photographer and as a, as a social media. I'm going to call it influencer, but you can listen to the podcast. We had a joke about that. So really good chat. Someone I can highly recommend you go and follow online. I hope you guys enjoy this one because I surely did. Carolina, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm always good, thanks. So before we get into some talk about photography and travel and things, who are you and what do you mm-hmm. do? Tell people who's listening. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a Swedish girl. I uh, grew up in Sweden, uh, Stockholm. I moved to <coughs> South Africa uh, about four years ago almost. Um, and uh, I'm 24 now, for those who are interested mm-hmm. in that. And uh, I currently work at a lodge in Tassiri in the Kruger National Park. And okay. I do wildlife photography uh, on the side as my, like, on the free time okay. and hoping to be able to do that as a full-time job eventually. Yeah. So, what, what made you move to Africa? How did that happen? Oh, my word. Do you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> uh, let, let's, let's go the medium story. You see how it goes. The medium story. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, just after high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I wanted to like travel the world, see see other things outside of Sweden before I like settled into studying and, you know, doing that whole thing uh, that you're supposed to do. Um, and I ended up in South Africa uh, because of very random reasons uh, and absolutely loved this place. I completely fell in love with the wildlife. I was doing a little bit of wildlife photography and uh, absolutely loved it and I was like this I just need to come back here I just need to be here so about a year later I came back and did my Fagasa and that's also when I met my boyfriend and then mm-hmm. I kind of got stuck here uh, in a very good way <laughs> okay let me ask you this quickly I mean you you say you were studying if you didn't come to Africa where would you be right now what would you be doing I was actually actually got into a school in Sweden to study architecture um, and I actually uh, declined it because I was going to South Africa. Uh, so I would probably be studying or probably finishing by now uh, architecture, like, I don't know if it's a master's or whatever it is okay. in English. I, I take it there's no regrets. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so, I mean, so creativity. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about your, your social media, your photography, where you're going to take it. But mm-hmm. by the sound of it, there's always been like some kind of creative nature with you and your family. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know so much my family, but definitely myself. Um, always been very creative. I've always been kind of, that's why I actually went the architecture route because uh-huh. I enjoy the like 
technical sides of like I like math surprisingly enough and like that's physics and stuff. I think that's super interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I enjoy those like academic kind of stuff and learning <clears throat> and that like the logic if you think mm-hmm. of it like that like logical things that just work um I love that kind of stuff but I also I'm super creative and like I have like big fantasies of not fantasies what do you call it <laughs> that's a weird word to say it how do you like you um what do you call it um in english <laughs> not fantasy that's the wrong word for it because we th- there's a whole discussion <laughs> there but we, we can ask that for now <laughs> anyway <laughs> you like yeah, but you know what i mean <laughs> uh, mm. creative and um yeah like just that kind mm. of side of it uh so that's why i went the architecture like that's why i was like okay let me study that because it's both the mm-hmm. like technical sides of buildings and whatever but also the uh, creative side of like um creating something Okay. Um, so yeah, that's always yeah. Kind of been who so, I, am. So, I mean, think that works well with the photography as well. Yeah. The, the obvious question, which will get out the way, is when did you start photography and why? Ooh, um, first time <coughs> I got my camera, my first camera when I was 15. Uh, but before that, I even I borrowed my dad's camera all the time. And me and my friends would do like photo shoots together when we were like younger and, you know, uh, new pro- profile pictures from Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I enjoyed that a lot. But then I did like more wildlife photography when I first came to South Africa. And like, that's when I actually started in like really diving into it. Mm. Did you have, did you have a, I'm trying to think what the word is. Did you have a need or a want to come to Africa because of the wildlife? And was that a driving force or did it just kind of happen? No, it just kind of happened. I actually, uh, I actually came here because of the horse riding. That was the the first thing. Uh, I had never really had Africa as like a place I wanted to go to. Like I obviously knew about it and whatever, but it wasn't like one of those places that I've always wanted to go to or whatever. And uh, I actually ended up here because I wanted to do horse riding and um, like I've always been a horse girl. And then my dad's friend had been in Kenya for a long time and lived there for a couple of years. And he mm-hmm. did a lot of like horse riding stuff there. So he was visiting us and spoke to me about that and uh, and I was supposed to go to Kenya at first. And we were like talking about what if I could go to Kenya and do horse riding safaris mm-hmm. or whatever, and like volunteer there. But that fell through. So then I literally just Googled <clears throat> Africa horses and volunteering because I was like, this wow. is fucking cool. I want to do this. And then I booked the first thing I came up. <laughs> yeah. Ended up here. So yeah. That is kind of, because I mean, I, you, I follow you on Instagram and I would recommend everybody who listens, mm-hmm. go and check it out because your content's very <laughs> oh, unique. You. You've, you've had massive growth over the last year or so. Um, I think yeah. the message you put out is real. I think it's authentic. We'll get to that. You went home a little while ago and you posted from there in the forest and stuff like that. I mean, it's stunning back mm-hmm. there as it is. It is, yeah. Uh, Did you do much photography there? Country. Yeah, not really, hey, and that's why I kind of regret it now. I think the, the photography was fueled um, because of the beauty that I experienced, experienced in Africa that was completely new to me. And mm. I've always enjoyed nature in general and uh, being out in nature, so I've always done that. But then the photography was definitely fueled here in, in South Africa because all of a sudden I was seeing all these animals and just wanted to capture the emotions that I was feeling when I saw these animals. And mm-hmm. like, it was just started off as just trying to remember, like I've seen this and like trying to capture that, you know, and then it grows into more. But now that I've been back home and all of a sudden I see Sweden from a different eye because I've been in South Africa for so long, I'm starting yeah. to appreciate Sweden more and yeah. want to do more photography there. You know what I think a lot of people yeah. do? I mean, I, I worked before the safari industry, I worked abroad as well. 
And people come to South Africa, like international travelers. They come to your lodge. They come and travel with us. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. just tell them, oh, go to Cape Town, go do this, go do this. I think a lot of people are missing out on the beauty of their own countries because they get blasé about it. It's just like, oh, you know what? I've been to Cape Town. I've been to the waterfront. I've been to the garden route and stuff. And uh, that's a big deal. But luckily now, I mean, you're going home now soon again, if I remember. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm going home for Christmas. And you're doing some photography, I hope. Yes, definitely. Planning on doing that. Hoping there might be snow. It doesn't look like it right now but who knows mm. yeah hoping that it might snow and then i'll be able to do some photography yeah, yeah. I, I love so that I part of the world i completely agree with you hey? yeah no it's an amazing place and i completely agree with you that because that's exactly what i felt when i came to south africa and all of a sudden was blown away of what south africa is and then i've spent obviously a lot of time here and now i live here and when I came home, all of a sudden I had this new appreciation, especially for, na- for the nature in Sweden. And mm. like, all of a sudden I was like, why don't I know what these trees are called? Why don't I know this bird? Like, I need to learn about this stuff because I've lived here my whole life. And sure. this is super interesting. And all of a sudden, like all of this just opened up to me of like, wow, there's actually a lot of beautiful things at home as well. And mm. I often say that on my, on my Instagram, people are very, people often ask me and they say, I'm so jealous of you. And you, I, I also want to get good shots of lions and leopards and I want to photograph that and that is awesome absolutely I'm lucky mm-hmm. to be living in, in the Caribbean park and, and like I know that but I think what people are forgetting is that there's so much beautiful nature around you wherever you are in the world you just need to open up your eyes and start appreciating it and and that's also how you can then practice your photography and become big, better at photography why do you think people don't see it as you said, you get say about your um, your own country, and it's like you get blind. What do you call it? Like um, home blind. So mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't see the beautiful things that you have at home because you're just so used to it. Uh, it happens to me here as well. Like when I've I've been here for six weeks now because I'm just at the end of my cycle. And when you've been at this place for six weeks and you see this river view <laughs> every every day, you keep forgetting. Like you forget how beautiful. You have to consciously remind yourself and say, "Hey, damn it, focus. This is cool." Mm-hmm. It, it's hard. I mean, yeah. I remember when I was Absolutely. in the lodge industry as well. So we were managing a lodge in Madikwe. This is one of the last lodges. So also a six weeks, two mm. weeks cycle. And we couldn't yeah. find a relief couple for the, for the two week break. So we thought, cool, we'll pay ourselves. I mean, so we'll be the relief couple. And then we did. So it was like mm. something like 15 weeks back to back. Nothing oh, is funny anymore. Nothing is funny. And you'll I understand that. I cannot imagine that. I mean, guests oh, are great Lord. and everything. Six weeks is bad. No, you get to yeah, a point like, but... and you can, you can tell. When you get to a lodge, yeah. on where, where in the cycle, especially the guiders, because it's like they're very Absolutely. passionate when they come back. And week four, five, six is like, mm. okay, I'm not going to ask. It's cool. It's just a, a strange thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so which lodge are you at now? understand that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's called Lost, Lost Word Kitara. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about it. It's quite a new, new lodge. Uh, it used to be a private lodge, and then the Lost Word took over. Uh, and yeah. they are a hotel, a hotel company. So they've got a couple of um, hotels in Cape Town. And then they took over this lodge from, from it being in more of a private camp to, to actually yeah. commercial. So, so what is your exact job yeah. description there? What do you do? Assistant manager in front of house. Uh, okay. And then your boyfriend is the guide, yes? Uh, yeah. So he's the assistant manager and guide. And then we have a manager above us as well. Okay. And just give me a quick rundown for anybody who wants to, who might want to find out. How many beds? What's the story about the lodge? Just a short version. Um, we got 12 beds. Um, yeah, 12 beds, so six rooms. Um, it's uh, If they want to book, then I would uh, suggest going on to the Last Word uh, 
it's actually lastword.com, I'd say. Okay. Uh, or just Google the last word or check them out on Instagram, last word hotels, mm-hmm. uh, and get in contact with people there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, honestly, every, like, it's an amazing, absolutely amazing place. And I think it's the beauty that I absolutely love about this place is um, from a different, what's very different from other lodges and what's very unique here is the Klaseri is not a very commercial place and especially the part of Klaseri where we are at. So it's definitely, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a place for first time safari goers because you can't guarantee the big five, you never can, but uh, you have such few vehicles out on the reserve. Like we traverse about 9,000 hectares, I think. And at times you only have one vehicle out. Um, mm. Like sometimes at maximum you would have four vehicles out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So that means you need to find your own things, um, which sometimes, you know, is tricky and um, can be difficult. But the most amazing thing that comes with that is when you do find something, you can mm. literally spend the whole drive with that. And you don't have sure. to leave and be like, okay, someone else needs to come in and see the sighting. Yeah. Uh, you can literally spend the whole drive with the lions, for example, or uh, we've had guests that came here and then the, there was a pack of like 30 wild dogs uh, and they were hanging around this, this area for like four days. And the guests literally spent every drive the whole drive with these wild dogs and just watch them hunt and play yeah. and you know three hours at a time with wild dogs which is quite a unique thing to be able to do so yeah. that's that's a very cool thing there's yeah. not many places where you can do that and just just for people listening i will put all the descriptions and the links that we talk about in the description to the podcast as well it's um mm. it's a funny thing because and i know you're going to tanzania next year we'll talk about that a little bit but yeah. currently there's one or two national geographic photographers they, they kind of shoot for the brand mm-hmm. on and off and it seems like there's a little bit of mara bashing going on right now i, I saw this in the last few days so we're not going to go oh, down really? that rabbit okay. hole it's the whole thing about here's the five the torah bara whatever those five cheetahs and 500 cars mm-hmm. in the background and here's wildebeest it it tells a very bad mm-hmm. story because and i'll link this to what you're saying now because people then who have never been on safari follow these people who have like a million followers and they think, oh my no. God, if that's Africa, I'm not coming. But the, the, the flip side of what is what you're saying now is it is exactly. possible. There are places like that. You're not going to see a river crossing, no. but damn, you can spend no, four no, days with no. dogs. You can spend lions hunting, whatever the case is. And that's value. Absolutely. That's the thing. I think a lot of people forget when it comes to Africa, like, and I think this is, you know, this is a very common thing, misconception about Africa, that it's the one country and it's the same thing. And that's definitely not the truth. It, like you say, the same thing with safari you need to pick the places you want to go to and Mm. even in the kruger area there's different places that will bring you different things like Mm. uh, i know you guys go to the sabi sands a lot and the sabi sands is obviously super famous for leopards and and critters and that is the incredible things you can see there and then you have places like here where we there's a different um what do you call it like a different selling point where it is about um spending like all this time with the one animal and um Mm. you know being able to do that which is different from other places sure. and then you have like the, the you know the national park itself where you can self-drive uh, which i absolutely love uh, and and that is a, it, another side of the safari and a different kind of safari and a beauty yeah. in itself you know and people forget that it's I'm, I'm just quickly i'm going to just ask you one question quickly we're going to cover a bunch of stuff here tell me about you, you mentioned self-drive in the park how often do you go there we try to go every leave, <laughs> but sometimes okay. it's not possible. That, we okay, wait, wait. Before leave. I go to this question, if you don't go to the Kruger Park on leave, where do you go? Yeah. 
uh, to Johannesburg to visit my boyfriend's <coughs> parents. And um, we also have a lot of friends in Hoodsbreit, uh, which for those who don't know, is just a small little town just outside mm. the reserve. Uh, yeah. And we have a lot of friends there. So we might hang out with them and uh, see all of them. And then yeah. yeah, we might go to Johannesburg to visit Craig's parents. So, so we're in Johannesburg. Or do you guys come? Uh, they have a flat in Edenville and then okay. his parents live, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Northwest uh, Tarties. Uh, so that's not really Johannesburg, but just, oh, no, just out. Yeah. Well, next time you're here, let's go for lunch because we, we're all based around oh, here. Absolutely. So that'd be cool. Bring Craig and we'll do, do that. Yeah, tell, me about, be great. Yeah. tell me about the new car. Tell people oh, about the new word. car. <laughs> oh, this is my, my passion project right now. <laughs> Um, so the, for those who don't follow me on Instagram, uh, I've just bought a, a van, a Volkswagen, and um, I'm not sure what year it's from. Uh, I think it's 1990s. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a zebra striped van and I'm going to kit it out. Right now, it doesn't have an engine in it. So that's, that's my oh, mission right now. Right. But, yeah. you can't, you're going to need so one of those. Has, <laughs> yeah. So it has an engine, but it's not in the car. So Craig's dad is helping me out with that. He loves working on cars and stuff. So he's being super sweet and helping me out to uh, get all the mechanics going and get the car actually running. And then I want to uh, like decorate the inside and remake it into like putting a bed inside there and basically make it into a camper van. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, the plan is to travel around South Africa in in the van. Please tell me you're not changing the zebra stripes. That's got to stay. No, no. I'm keeping the I'm keeping the server stuff. Yeah, it, okay. I've actually named the van Zan with a Z, so that it's Zan the Zebra Van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's strange, but it works. It's actually really cool. Yeah, it so, does. So, yeah. so tell me now. So, so here's this person from Sweden in Africa, right, South Africa, mm-hmm. at a lodge. She's bought a Zebra van. She's in photography. Yeah. We get to social media. Yeah. Where's Where's all of this going for you? What's the plan? Well, so I'm, I'm um, actually, it's, it's actually funny that you ask. And I guess I could probably say this now. I haven't said this officially on Instagram yet, but we actually resigned a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, because next year we are going off to do our own thing uh, and leaving the industry as, as for now, but still going to be in the industry in some way. Um, so I'm definitely going to go off and try to focus on my photography. And I, the goal is to make my photography into my full-time job and, uh, hopefully start making some money off social media and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I basically just so do you want to, to be an influencer uh, I, I hate the word influencer I know that's why I asked uh, it. yeah <laughs> I, I, I would say more content creator I like that word better um, but I guess you have to call it influencer if you're going to be promoting brands on your social media and that kind of stuff and, and um, I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to do that to you know to get by because uh, it's a way of making money and a way of making money off social media and, and that mm. kind of stuff. But um, yeah, the plan is basically to um, go off and try our wings of, you know, pursuing the dreams uh, that we have with, um, like, especially for me with photography and, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So yeah. So it's an interesting one because a lot of people, and we get a lot of questions at the office as far as, hey, I want to be a wildlife photographer. How can I make money? Because, because the day is just for people listening mm. as well, especially people who don't understand the industry, if you go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years, a wildlife mm-hmm. photographer would be the one person who could afford all the big glass. They could afford to have the film developed. Yes. They would go into Africa, these remote places where nobody's seen a white person before. You arrive with your big lenses mm. and you could get the shots where, mm. and 
if you look back at the natural, uh, National History Museum's award-winning images from 30 years ago, it's probably oh, the stuff you it. and I are throwing out now. But it was film-based. So that at the time, so it, was, it was true skill then. Mm. Okay? So now yeah. people are still under the impression to make money as a wildlife photographer. I'm going to just go out and photograph wildlife. So, so exactly. for people listening, because you did a little thing recently on your Instagram as well with regards to how you want to be a better photographer, do the practice, put in the time, mm-hmm. all of that. So for people listening who are going to follow you on Instagram, you guys should because she's amazing online. How, are you going to, how, do, you, how do you see yourself making money from your photography? That's a very good question because, as you, as you say, I also get a lot of people messaging. A lot of people think <coughs> I already do wildlife photography full-time, which, which I don't. But uh, a lot of people are like, how, how can I get your job and, as a wildlife photographer? And, like, and <laughs> what did you study? And I'm like, it's not really – it doesn't really work like that. And uh, I think there's, there's a bunch of different ways of doing it. Um, the first year that, I, that we're going out now, I'm actually going to take like different jobs. I'm going back to Sweden to work for a little bit and just, mm-hmm. just to kind of get some kind of income because you are going to have to build up, you know, a brand and all that kind of stuff. But uh, from wildlife photography itself, uh, I obviously I sell prints um, and, and that's been amazing and absolutely okay. so Can happy I quickly, that I opened up my print shop. The, I must be honest, I've seen over the last... 20 years in the industry i've seen people come and they want to sell prints and every damn wildlife photographer is like buy my prints buy my prints for people listening if you want prints and i I mean this from the bottom of my heart you have done an amazing job of bringing it into your into your brand and selling it on like the the little videos in which you discuss this is how you did it really really great job on that it's it's probably one of the best i've seen in the industry so guys if you are listening go and check it out um uh, the images are phenomenal but just the way you've done it is really really good so kudos to you. It's really good. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. No, mm. That makes me so happy to hear. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, the, the print shop, I'm <laughs> so incredibly happy that I've opened the print shop because it's been such a blessing. Uh, and it's not just it's not just about, you know, the making money because that's that's amazing in one way. Uh, but it's also the feeling of having people to want my photos on their walls, like complete strangers that have followed me on Instagram and then want my photos on their walls and that is mm. the absolute best compliment you can get as a, as a wildlife photographer and and that's uh, what's been so amazing with the shop and and I'm, I'm the thing with the shop is also because I opened up as a print shop first just as like the initial thing and, and I'm going to ex- keep expanding that um, and you know keep putting on prints and doing different collections and stuff um, but I also, now that I have the shop, I want to start selling things like presets and I want mm. to start selling things like um, tutorials or eBooks. Uh, and that's also a way of like, as you say, because you mentioned I was talking about uh, how to become a better wildlife photographer and that kind of stuff. Teaching is a huge thing with, with wildlife photography or photography in general to teach workshops. And like you guys are you obviously a very good example of where you combine teaching and safaris. Um, and doing workshop and stuff uh, and that's another way of, of making uh, money from from your photography um, and then obviously um, also talking to brands and stuff I also listened to one of the podcasts where you guys were talking about how you went to Thornybush and did uh, content creation for mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that I'm looking at next year uh, I'm actually because you mentioned I'm going to Tanzania doing a workshop in Tanzania with, with a company um, and then I'm also going to Tanzania for a month to photograph um, photograph content for this company. Um, and uh, yeah, going to all their, their different lodges and doing photography for them uh, so that they can get content for their 
uh, for their social media. So that's another way of, of also making money for those who, who are wondering how do you actually make wild, money as a wildlife photographer? And, and that's the thing. People think it's just prints and winning competitions. And mm. if that's your goal, then you, it's you're very, very difficult to get there. And you're going to have to mm. work at other jobs for a very long time before yeah. you get to that level where that's what you can make money yeah. from and make a living from. And uh, so I think it's just about multiple streams of income and uh, being open to different opportunities and um, different ideas. And like, how can I just make money while doing what I love? Kind of sure. Do you and ever doubt yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I all the time get the imposter syndrome of, okay, am I good enough to do this? Am I good <clears> enough to do that? And uh, I think that is part of growing and learning. You have to doubt yourself because that means if you're not stepping out of your comfort zone, then you're not growing enough. So you have to step out of your comfort zone and grow and doubt mm. yourself and, you know, get on with it. So yeah, definitely do that. How do you deal with that? Because I can tell you now, I mean, from a, I mean, I've been guiding for way I too long. I'm, 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 ooh, can you hear me? Yeah, no, I can hear you. There yeah. we go. Um, I've been guiding for <laughs> way too long. The photography thing has been a long time and so on. Even till today, before I post anything on Instagram, I'm like, you're waiting for the knock. Someone knocking at the door and saying, we're onto you. You're not as good as you think you are. We're mm-hmm. waiting for yeah, that. Definitely. And for, for yeah. the younger photographers listening, and I hope you can back me up here, that never mm-hmm. goes away. It's always that. Nice. Anything where you mm-hmm. create something, where you make art, you put it up. Mm. It's you don't want you don't want someone to tell you how ugly your baby is. No. So you put this you put this image out, and it's like, oh. yeah. And there can be four million comments saying, "Amazing, amazing, you're great. This is stunning." One mm. that says, mm, "I don't like this," and that's what keeps you up at night. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So when when you when Carolina gets to that place where you doubt yourself, whether it's in business. Mm. Whether it's about teaching, whether it's photography, what do you do? How do you deal with that? Um, sure. Bring a glass of wine. I don't know. Well, basically, you know, it's. I think it's. It's not about. It's not about dealing with it. It's just about like you kind of just have to accept that this is how it's going to be. You can't. You can't fix it. You know what I mean? Um, because you always you're always going to feel like that. So it's just about uh, rather that fueling me into being like. Because I posted this thing the other day where I was talking about um, how I look at my own <coughs> images and I'm like, what do I like about this photo and what don't I like? So if, mm. if there is a photo that I'm doubting myself with, I'm like, okay, try to find what is it that's wrong? What is it that bo- that's bothering you? Is it the crop? Is it the angle? Is it the light? Is it the edits? Like, what is it that's bothering you? And then I uh-huh. try to just find, find that little thing, answer that question for myself. And then I know, okay, here, I didn't get the composition right. So I need to keep on working on composition. Here, I didn't get, like, you need to be your, you need, you need to be proud of your work. You need to be proud of what you put out there. But you also need to criticize yourself in a, in a good way where you keep on growing. And you like, okay, this photo isn't as good as I wish it was. What is it that's wrong? What can I do better next time? Mm. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's an interesting one because so I, um, I put on a newsletter once a week. And the one going out tomorrow, I'm talking about missing out. So I've had clients, and, and I'm going to link this to what we're talking about, where, so we'll be photographing, for example, there's, I don't know, there's four lion cubs walking down the road with mom behind it, and you're photographing this. Mm. Yet on that side behind you, there's mating lions with a sunset. So someone photographs mm. this, and they're thinking, oh, shit, I missed out. No, you didn't miss out. You had something amazing. 
Stop worrying about the stuff mm. that you didn't do. Or someone's Absolutely. in a sighting and they're getting these amazing sighting and amazing images, yet they sit there and worry that, oh, shit, I missed that shot earlier on. There's, there's, mm. I think there's a problem with photography right now because of social media, mm. because of the value mm. we attach to putting this thing out mm. and people are attaching their own self-worth and self-esteem to their work. Absolutely. And that's where you, you get nervous because if I put this out and people don't like it, maybe that means they don't like me. It's messed up. It is mm. so messed up. It's a terrible thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there where you have the one thing happening and then there's <laughs> something else happening. And I get that when it comes to, because obviously now with reels and TikToks and stuff, video has become a big thing. And mm -hmm. I've, I enjoyed video. I did a little bit of video before all of that. And I used to put it on my stories and I actually used to, used to put it on my stories and add music after like a Kruger trip and like the highlights. Uh, and then Reels and TikTok came out just after I started doing that. And I was like, okay, hey, great. Now I can put it on Reels, you know. Um, but what's happening now, because I'm doing more video, uh, so usually what I'll do is I'll first take photos. And that's my priority. And then if I have the time, if the animal is there for long enough and I've already got the shots that I want, I'll switch over to video because uh, mm -hmm. I only have one camera. Um, and then what happens is because you need to press, you know, on an equal, you need to, need to, I think it's Canon as well, you need to press on like the live view thing and then yeah, yeah. you can start filming. You can't just sw swap between filming and, and taking photos. And that takes a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll be filming something and then like all of a sudden the lion is yawning or something. And then I'm like, oh no, but I want to get a photo of this. <laughs> and then I like panic. And I tried to switch and then it's over. And then I did the video. Have, or the all this anxiety because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Which way should I kind of, it's, it's, this is the technology yeah. thing because so you can do I'm, everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where I like, kind of told myself that, no, 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 you've committed to video now. So rather just keep it on video because it will be a cool video as well. And yeah. you've committed to video or you've committed to photo. And then if you have time, you can swap mm. in between. But yeah. if you're on photo, then focus on taking photos. If you're yeah. on video, focus on getting the video. And that's, I think that's the same thing with like having two sites. Like, if, as you say, if you have mating lines here and then lines with cubs there, you have to commit to one of them because otherwise mm. you're going to miss out on both. FOMO and, and is a just bad so thing sometimes. Yeah, no, def I hate Bush FOMO is even worse. <laughs> I think so some of the interesting yeah. things, what you say there is committing to the thing. So I had a client recently and I think, and I always say to my clients, you need to know why you are photographing something. Is it for your Instagram? Mm. Then you don't need a fucking Sony A1 with all the megapixels because it's going to be this big. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Mm. Or are you going to do video? Absolutely. So the, mm. the uh, greatest, what's this thing? Uh, greatest Masamara photo competition the, that comes from the Mara. Mm -hmm. They just released the winner and wasn't one of our clients. It was one of my trips. And oh, wow. Harry, Harry is actually a video, excuse me, a videographer he got a YouTube channel with insane wildlife stuff. And oh, really? we saw this, we saw this a hippo being taken down by a single male lion a couple of weeks ago. And he got this whole yeah. thing. It's on YouTube. And the images he got from it is, is just insane. But he knows. And because he knows he makes money off selling stock video. So he's yeah. heavy on that side. He took some images, yeah. which is great. But I think a lot of people out there, they need to decide for themselves, why am I doing this? Are you doing it to Absolutely. impress your mom? That's cool. That's very mm. noble. But then you don't need mm. it to be all amazing. Or are you on, if you want to sell something, I think if you know your why, everything else becomes so much easier. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Because as you say, with, with like when it comes to gear and that kind of stuff, I actually spoke to my friend about this yesterday because she asked me on some, some advice of uh, she has, she was like, should I upgrade my lens or should I upgrade my camera? And I said, are you happy with your lens? Is, is it like, are you happy with what it can do and the f-stop and, and the focal length? And she said, mm. yeah, no, I'm very happy with it. It's perfect for what I use it for. And I said, absolutely. Okay, great. Then upgrade your camera because I know your camera is getting old. So you're going to have to upgrade a camera soon anyway. A mm. lens doesn't really lose quality or get old like that. You can use a lens forever. So there's no point in upgrading a lens mm. unless you want something new that you don't have already. Sure, so sure, sure. upgrade to a camera. And she said, okay, which one should I do? And I said, you don't, you only do wildlife photography for your own, uh, for your own sake. And it's, <coughs> you're not selling prints and stuff. And, and if you do, if you are going to print, it's mostly going to be for yourself, right? And mm. she said, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to sell prints or anything. It's going to be for Instagram and social media. I'm like, okay, then you don't have to go to the, for the fanciest, biggest camera. Then mm. you can basically take the camera that you got now and then just maybe a newer version of that. Um, because your get camera is getting old and you know eventually loses quality and all that and mm. um, so just go one step you know the newer version of what camera you have now and yeah. you'll be fine if you're happy with what you got now then there's no point in upgrading mm. you know no, um, it was solid advice and that's yeah. that's through the ages it's always been that and pe but True, people definitely. photographers have this gear obsession which is just like you know what yeah. I, I went to iceland a while ago i shot more on my phone than i did on my mm. other two cameras combined because it works i printed some of them yeah. big um, tell yeah. me about Tanzania. Um, yeah, so I'm going <laughs> twice next year. I, I'm doing two tours with a with a company in in uh, Tanz so I say Tanzania. I don't know which which one's the right way to pronounce it. There's like 14 but, different uh, ones. People know what it's talking okay. about. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going in March, beginning of March, um, and then I'm going in November, and uh, that's basically going to be my first like proper workshop of uh, teaching photography and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, also first time going to Tanzania, so I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's going to be quite cool. Is the trip fully booked? No, not yet. How many spaces left? Uh, oof, I can't remember offhand. I think there's like five maybe left. Okay, do me a favor. Do me yeah. a favor. Send me either on WhatsApp or on mail, whatever, just the link to the trip, mm -hmm. and I'll add a lot of the other stuff. Guys, if you can, Tanzania is amazing. And yeah, I, I, I would definitely recommend you go with you as well. There's something, this, and, and I'm going to be okay. honest with you now, there's something refreshing about the way that you've approached your social media. And I'm going to link this back to the trip. Tell me mm -hmm. and tell the people listening, what is your, what's the word I'm looking for here? Your approach or your feeling or your strategy on social Mindset. media? Um, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one because I think... Um, my, I think my big thing with social media is, and I've actually, I'm talking a lot to, to a good friend of mine I've met through social media. Her name is also Carolina uh, and she's from Germany. And we've been talking about this a lot because we both on, on social media and do wildlife photography. And, um, and we've been talking about how it's interesting coming to South Africa as a European who mm -hmm. have... I don't know, I, I guess we've grown up with social media in a different way than, than the South Africans have. Um, and because obviously everything comes to South Africa a little bit later, you know, um, how, like South explain Africa that, always... explain, explain that to me. So, so <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm like, super curious. Yeah. So basically, um, the way that people post, um, like people here in South Africa are still super active on Facebook, uh, but none of like people in my age and stuff as well, super active on Facebook still, but no one in Sweden is 
is active yeah. on Facebook anymore because that's kind of like outdated now. And the, the way that you approach people. social media, yeah. And um, influencing is a huge thing in Europe and, and influencers <clears throat> are like the number one, one way of marketing, but mm. South Africa has really gotten there. And so that's quite interesting. And then, and you see that as well when you, and I guess also I live out in the bush. So I meet people who are like almost living under a rock. And so <laughs> then you, you see people approaching social media out in the bush and stuff. And I think what we've been talking about a lot is we think that combined with us coming to South Africa as a foreigner starting to live here and so on, knowing what it is that is mind blowing about South Africa and living in the bush. And mm. as we said, like people get get um, blind about what is amazing about South Africa and uh, or the bush in general and this kind of lifestyle that um, you can live, like working at lodges and stuff. And uh, when I first started my Instagram, I realized that there was such a big interest in what life is in South Africa and mm -hmm. how I ended up here and what I do working at the lodge and what does a day in my life look like and people were very very interested in that because it is mind-blowing for <laughs> people who live in Europe or the States mm. or where life looks very very different and I think that's been my whole approach with social media is to just show the uh, like show up as myself and show what my life looks like in the bush and Try mm. to highlight the amazing things that that I get to experience out here, mm. um, and I think it's a goldmine. <laughs> no, no, it <laughs> is. A lot it of is. people I mean, living in the bush don't don't see. Yeah, they are retards. They are idiots because what they are missing. <laughs> I tell you what, if I could go back and start my guiding career over right now with this thing, mm. I would mm. kill. But and people are missing. I spoke to one of my guides in Mono Mono recently on the same thing, and he's like, "Yo, I don't know what to post, dude." You are in one of the most productive game viewing areas in the world. What's your problem? Yes. Quick question. Yeah. And I agree with you 100% in that mm. South Africa and a lot of my frame of reference is from the US. So my main audience mm. is in the US. And mm. I've, I've had moments and marketing stuff that we've done in the US that pops immediately. But in South Africa, it takes six to 12 months. The whole idea of going to create mm. content for lodges, they still don't get it. Mm. They still, so no. I, had, I out of interest, a lodge, local lodge, they said to us, okay, cool, we can come for four nights, but that's about 250,000 rands worth of bed nights that they're going to give my team and I to come there. I said, oh, really? Let me show you some numbers. And I did a thing on value of post based on our following. They would owe me money. Mm. And that's yeah. the reality of what's happening overseas. The, the local market yeah. is still a bit slow on the uptake. It'll get there. It will get there. Yeah. But I, I'm agreed 100%. It is a gold mine. I think mm. with all the changes to the algorithm, to the way that Instagram is prioritizing video, all of those things. I think you have crushed it from a couple of reasons. You jumped onto reels quite heavily. You've got a lot of very big hitting reels. I mean, you're very attractive mm. online. That helps. And then you throw your, your images and stuff in. This is the game we're playing. And it is a game. It's 100% yeah, a game. It is a question, game. And I think that's what you, people are missing out. 100%. Yeah. When, when you started. So, I mean, I've been following mm -hmm. for quite a while and I've seen this exponential growth. Most of your followers, when you kind of came here, what, was that from Sweden? Was it from that side of the world? No. So I actually start, only started my Instagram after I came to South Africa. Uh, so I have, okay. I have a separate Instagram that, that I'm very <coughs> used anymore. That is more of my private one where I have, you know, friends and family and that kind of stuff. Do you even and, post and on I that started, still? Not really. No. <laughs> I tried I'm the same. Didn't work. On it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, and then like three years ago, so, so I was doing photography and just posting on my Facebook for fun and whatever. Um, and then my friend was like, why don't you start an Instagram? And I was like, oh, that's so cliche. Like, I don't want to be yeah, that whatever. girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my caption actually said for a long time, like went to Africa once, started a wildlife Instagram. Um, because I felt like it was so, <laughs> such a cliche. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she pushed me to start it and she was like, you need to get your photos out there. And I was like, okay, cool. It will be nice to have somewhere to put my photos and have that as a motivation to get better and so on. And mm-hmm. um, so it was actually when I first started <laughs> in South Africa, it, when I first, when I had come to South Africa already, that's sure. when I first started Instagram. So, um, and then I just kind of grew from there, there. And I think last year during lockdown, uh, I think I passed a thousand followers in the beginning of lockdown. Um, and that's when I kind of, when we went into lockdown, all of a sudden I had all this free time of doing what I want and uh, like focusing on stuff that I wanted to do because we didn't have guests and I wasn't working. And mm. um, then I was like, let me just dive into this photography thing. And I studied photography. And then I also like started focusing a lot on my social media and being more consistent and posting and, and uh, all of that. And that's when it started growing a little bit more. Um, and actually I, I feel also when I look back at my photos, I see a huge difference for on my photos before and after that as well, because that's when I was really focusing on bettering yeah. my photography. Did, did you ever do a photography course officially or a Photoshop Lightroom course or was it all self-taught? I, I did, yeah. So in school, <coughs> I did a um, just a course, but then I wasn't in, into wildlife photography yet, but that was just a general photography course. And then last year during lockdown, I did a, uh, actually got a professional diploma in photography. So um, did, I did that online. So uh, but that was mostly just photography stuff, not a lot of editing. All the editing, I would basically say, is self-taught from YouTube and tutorials and just mm. practicing a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I respect that. You know, it pisses me off when people say, oh, no, I don't have money for a course. Anything in the world today, anything, you can, you can probably learn how to do brain surgery online. You, 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 it's there. <laughs> it's there somewhere. But photography, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, this morning I recorded four new tutorials for a workshop that I did. It will go online mm-hmm. for the general public as well. But literally, mm-hmm. you can find anything online. So there is no more excuse. Absolutely. People no, are lazy. Definitely. People are lazy. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. Like, there's so much out there. And I also, Instagram has been a huge inspiration to me as well. And that's, um, like, just looking at, I got a folder where I save photos <laughs> that, like, really stand out to me. And mm. um, so, like, I make sure I only follow photographers that I feel like, okay, this is going to bring value to inspiring me to be better and, and become a better photographer and whatever. And, and then I save specific photos that are like, wow, mind-blowing. This mm-hmm. is insane. This is really standing out to me. I save all that to, to a folder I call inspiration. Mm. And and then I go through that and I look at this and I, again, try to do the same thing as I do with my, with my own photos. I try to look at it and be like, okay, why do I like this photo? What's mm. the, up with this photo that is, um, what is it that stands out to me? What is it that actually makes this a good photo? What specifically is it that I like? Um, and what do my, maybe don't I like? And then I try to work towards that stuff that I like and learn from that. Um, so Instagram is also a huge inspiration and you can see lots of good tips and tricks from other photographers that mm. post out there like, and yeah, yeah, I think really. I think if, if, if people approach it like that, if they see it as a, a value add, as if they see Instagram as what it could be, I think the problem with COVID and lockdown is it suddenly everybody's at home and now they start scrolling mm. and they go down these rabbit holes and just turn to shit. 
So, I mean, how did COVID, how, I know you were locked down at a lodge, which would have been nice, mm. was in Joburg, but <laughs> from a COVID point of view, how mm. did that affect you? Obviously, your art, you kind of dug deeper, but mindset-wise, mm. COVID-wise, how was that for you guys? Yeah, it, it was because the, the thing we were we were very lucky to be at the lodge. Definitely, uh, we. It, I'm very happy I wasn't in Joburg because I felt very sorry for you guys. Um, but the thing was, what people forget though is that it kind of I think it crept onto me slower because like mm, if you lock mm. down an apartment, it's like okay, three days of being in this apartment, you're like I'm going crazy, and you know it's because it's locked down. Here, we were stuck here for about four months and, and couldn't really leave the reserve because we were still working on normal cycles and then yeah, we yeah. went on leave. It was locked down and I had to stay here for my leave. Um, so it was a bit of a... And, and me and my boyfriend, we definitely like struggled a bit there um, because you, were, you weren't like, you know, enclosed in, in an apartment, but you still were closed in, in the lodge, even if we could go outside and we went on drives and stuff. You were still in the same place and with the same like five other people uh, for a very long time. And that's and really, really like. On top of all of that, you had this mental pressure of the world. The world is Absolutely. fucked up right now and it still is. Absolutely. There was this pressure pushing mm. down on all of us, yeah. which is in heightened Definitely. all of those feelings. Yeah, exactly. So there was it was really tough there for a while, and and obviously from from a lodge point of view, like losing the revenue that you know, mm -hmm. and we were very lucky that the company that we we are with took very well care of us, and we obviously got cat salaries, but nobody lo lost their jobs or anything, so we were very lucky with that. Um, but it was still tough, you know, and um, and then coming out of that, you're working almost harder because all of a sudden you you. You're trying to cut costs, not that you you're treating the guests differently or anything, but it's kind of like you you need you need to like say like every guest is like almost double important because it's like you're so desperate for this money and mm. uh, and that could be it could be really tough. Um, and obviously from a like family point of view and stuff, I couldn't see my I didn't see my family for about a year and a half because uh, mm. of COVID. Yeah, so that was quite uh, quite tough as well. Um, so, so yeah, it obviously so, affected us. So, so, so what positives did you take from COVID? Because so now, look, it's not finished yet. It's going to be with us for a while. Double yeah, vaccine, definitely. get a booster, Omicron, whatever mm. the next thing's going to be. What positives <laughs> for you did you take out of it? Because from a mental health point of view, the whole world is in mm. a very, very strange place right now. People aren't coping. Absolutely. They, they wake exactly. up with anxiety and they don't know why. Okay. So, mm. so I, I still maintain... And this is the same as the people who say, I'm missing out because I've got this, but I didn't see that. Hmm. There must be a positive out of this. Otherwise, we're all going to go down a very dark Absolutely. hole. What was that for you? Yeah, definitely. My positive was definitely my photography and, and bettering that. And I think also that during that time <laughs> uh, that I've like had that kind of break, like, you know, you, you just go on in life and you're just like going, going, going. And, and that's when I realized, I was like, okay, wow, photography, that's where my passion lies. Like, this is what I want to do. And I started actually seeing it more as a potential job and potential career and being like, okay, wait, I could actually make a living out of this eventually. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is what I should try to focus on. And, and I kind of figured out where I want to go in life, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was a really, really good thing uh, that I managed to, um, you know, even though, like as you say the world is in a weird place in general but for me personally it gave me that break that i needed to kind of breathe and 
recuperate and be like, okay, wait, where is my focus actually going? Where am I, what do I want? And, mm-hmm. and that's what it really, really helped me with uh, yeah. to figure out what's important in life, I guess. Um, so yeah, definitely helped me, helped is, me in that way. Is this current South African Omicron travel thing, is that going to influence you going home? So it's it, not me because obviously I have a European passport. So it's easy for me to get home because they can call yeah. you European. You can go home. But uh, my boyfriend was supposed to come with me to Sweden and now he can't because of it. Because uh, they don't like the South African passports. <laughs> yeah, no, not many people do right now. It's funny, yesterday at my complex, no. <laughs> I'm, busy, I'm busy training and this, this little Scottish Terrier dog comes running in, in the garage gym. It's like, what the hell? And then our complex yeah. chairperson comes in. And he just got married and they were supposed to go to Italy. So he got married, oh, wow. Omicron broke, and now he can't go to Italy for his honeymoon. So he's staying at home. This yeah. thing is just, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. It is, so, it's, but it's ridiculous, yeah. It's going to be with us forever. That, that, that's what's happening Absolutely. Here. It's going to be a part absolutely. of our life. So tell me quickly, if someone comes fun. with you, No, no, absolutely. If someone comes with you to Tanzania, mm-hmm. right, what can you teach them? Why must they come with you? Oh, wow. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> it's, I think, um, I hope I would, I would be able to create like, you know, just a new, a pr- different perspective of, uh, of, you know, you always, you always get a new perspective, no matter who you talk to from a wildlife photography point of view, people do things in different ways. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping I could pr- provide that. And, and I think definitely editing is a big thing. I am very big into editing and I absolutely love it. And uh, I do think I have a lot to, to teach there. Um, from, you know, just from a, anything from just the basic editing stuff to like the whole Photoshop, blur the background and crazy colors, if that's what you want to go for, you know. Um, so that's definitely a big thing. And um, yeah, what else? <laughs> I'm telling myself very well here. <laughs> no, it's actually, I mean, once, once people hear this and they go and look at your Instagram, I think it's, it's a so deal. Um, tell me quickly, um, your processing, Photoshop, Lightroom, where do you spend most time? Uh, most time in Lightroom, but I do use Photoshop for uh, things like, like I mentioned, blurring backgrounds or taking like grass stuff out. That, a content aware um, is the bomb. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so like that kind of stuff that bothers me. And that, that Lightroom is just like not really good enough for. Um, mm. But definitely mostly Lightroom. Um, and uh, that's where I do like, you know, the whole thing of being able to like the color sliders is like my favorite tool in Lightroom yeah. because you can just tweak the colors such, in such nice ways. Uh, but I'm also... But yeah, I do Photoshop and I, I feel like it's very important to be honest about that stuff because other, otherwise, 100%. Um, you know, you, you kind of like, can't lie to people and say that, no, this is exactly how I took the photo because that's mm. <laughs> Yeah. There's definitely um, a lot of editing. That favorite photo you've ever taken? Do you have one? I, I, I heard you say this on the podcast the other day and I also always say it. Uh, it's the one I haven't taken yet. It's oh, a, such a it. cliche. I was hoping you use. could give me something. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. No, but honestly, like, it's just, um, it, I think it's just, you obviously have like, okay, this one, someone, like one I'm really proud of right now, and this is my screensaver or something like that. And you have like good ones for a while, but it's always, I'm always like after the next one and want to just better myself. And um, that's the thing. I don't have a favorite uh, mm. because I just constantly want to keep on growing and becoming better. And yeah. Okay. I agree with you hundred percent, but let me challenge you on something quickly. Do you think us as photographers, because of that exactly, because I'm the same as you, because of that, <laughs> do you think we, we, we miss some moments? Not, not moments, 
because we're always, what's next? What's better? What's next? What's next? Yeah. Are we missing moments and experiences because of it? Definitely. I think, uh, not maybe moments and experiences. Uh, you know, I guess it's because like, sometimes you need to put the, put the camera to the side and just be like, just enjoy this moment. Um, and that I try, I try to do and uh, I'm getting better at it. But um, so then you, you might be missing stuff because you're constantly wanting better photos. Um, but I also think, like my mom was like, yeah, but sometimes you must just, you must just be proud of yourself and be happy with what you've done. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> of course. And, and that's the thing, you know, typical mom's things to say, but um, you need Biggest to, <laughs> you need to be, do that as well. No, definitely. <laughs> um, so I think that's also important to have that, um, that, that moment of like being very proud of yourself. And I think I, I do make sure I have that of like, if I post something on Instagram, I'm like, okay, this I'm very happy with. And like, I, I feel proud of what I put out there. And that's, I think that's important to, to be proud of your work. Uh, even if you, as you said earlier, even if you get the imposter syndrome and that as well definitely happens, it's but I think it's important to, to give yourself that, that being proud of what you've done. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It can be very hard. It can be very hard. If, if I were to say to you, you've got a flight ticket to anywhere in the world to go photograph wildlife, where are you going? For wildlife, um, yo, right now I'm super, super keen to get back to Kalahari because um, I was there in the beginning of the year and I'm just seeing a lot of people posting from there and because they, they've been now lately. And, it's a unique yo, place. Kalahari, I want to go back there. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a new place, probably like Masai Mara would be really cool to see because I haven't been. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, if, if we're a new place, that would be okay. it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this. So you're running of safaris, right? You've got one or two. How many tours do you have? Two next year, yeah. Is this going to be something that you're going to focus on? Because you're taking this time off now. You've resigned, so you can talk about this. So mm. is it going to be something you focus on? Is it a part of a bigger plan? Is it just a stop gap until the next thing? How are you approaching this? No, definitely. Uh, it's, um, it's not going to be my full focus because, uh, as I said, like I'm, I'm having this whole thing of multiple streams of income. Um, mm. And I think my, my big thing going into next year is that I, I want to have a flexible schedule. Like I want to be able to go back to Sweden for three months if I want to, because I feel like I'm not spending enough time with my family. Mm. And I want to be able to do those kind of things. But I'm definitely uh, looking at doing more of like photography workshops and tours and that that will be a regular thing that I want that I do. Uh, so definitely something that I, that I want to to do going forward uh, into this new adventure. Yeah. So when is this starting for you? This adventure? This uh, we've, we work our last day, the 31st of Jan. Yeah. So after that. Oh, it's we, coming close, eh? Unemployed if we want to like that. Yeah. Well, I, you <laughs> yeah, either see it as, either see it as unemployed or as the world is your oyster. Either Self-employed. The reason I'm, yeah, self yeah. the reason I'm asking is, I mean, we, we obviously run safaris, workshops, tours around the world, blah, blah, blah. We've got the Mara mm. camp. And I'm saying this publicly on this. If you ever want to collab on a tour, let me know. We run it under a wild eye oh, banner. And we can look at something where you bring audience, we bring audience, whether it's you and me or you and one of my guides. I do think, and mm. I mean this for everybody listening as well. I do think there's, there's not many people out there who's putting the kind of value out that you are, the kind of quality that you are, and just, just a general oh, branding. You. I think it's really good. So this is an open invite. So if you are ever ready, let me I'll know. Definitely. Yeah, I would definitely be keen to do that. So yeah, absolutely. Let's chat about that because uh, that would be really cool. 
Absolutely. Tell me quickly, what do you what, what is not nice about the hospitality industry? Oh my word, do I go down this rabbit hole? Oh yeah. I've been there, so I want to uh, hear what you say. <laughs> you know, you know. Um obviously, so obviously I'm I'm leaving the industry because of the reasons of of um wanting to do my own thing and so on. And mm-hmm. I think, but I'm also the hospitality industry is really tough. Like it's not for everyone. And you, you know, this from like been working in lodges and mm-hmm. running lodges and stuff. It, it can be really tough. Uh, and I think your, what's not nice about the hospitality <laughs> industry is probably how you always. So the thing is as much as I love guests and people and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I absolutely I love talking to people and meeting new people. And that's why I, what I really love about the job but what's tough sometimes is how you always have to put other people in front of yourself. Um, so like, for example, uh, I can't go to bed until the guests have gone to bed. So mm-hmm. someone else is deciding if I get enough sleep tonight or not. Yeah. Um, and I can't eat, I can't go and eat lunch unless I, I make sure I have a gap and the guests are happy and it's okay. So mm. someone else, it's almost not that the guests do that on purpose. It's just how the job works. No, but of course. It's like they are, it's like they are deciding if I can actually get my basic human needs met. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and that can be really, really tough sometimes. And I think um, yeah. I think a lot of people forget about that when they just see these pretty lodges and they're like, oh, your job seems amazing. And I'm just like, yeah, but just remember, I do work about 18 hours a day. And yeah. like, <laughs> it, it is people, tough. Um, people, really people get lost in the romance thereof. Oh, man, you wake up, Absolutely. you've got the river view, you hear lions in the evening. It's mm-hmm. all amazing. The flip side. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't I've told the story. So years ago, just as I was, I was starting to look at starting Wild Eye with John and my partner, we, mm. I was still at the lodge in Madikwe in Kuru, and I've already resigned with the shareholders, but then I've had like six weeks or whatever left. That is the worst. Yeah. Time. Sorry, I, I shouldn't tell you this because you're there now, but it's the fucking <laughs> know, worst time because you're like, oh, and then someone's going to stay up late and you're like, damn it, go to bed, whatever the case is. And yeah. we, we went over to another lodge, mate of ours, for um mm. for just for drinks one night and mm. as as we get there to Tuningi, Vilma is this girl's name Vilma if you're listening I hope it's going well but Vilma just started at the lodge and her and her boyfriend just, and they're super excited it's like oh my god and she comes up and like hi how's it going she says oh man she's so pumped because this is amazing and it's so hard to get into the industry and without thinking I fire from the hip and I say yes it's also very hard to get out because what's next? Oh, no. And as I say oh, it, no. this poor girl's soul just, I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's, sorry, sorry, oh, let me no. buy you a drink or something. But it's a very <laughs> difficult thing coming from the lodge industry into something else. Because either you've got to go That's the route that you guys are doing, you got to do your own thing, mm. self-employed, kind of fight your way through it. Mm. Or, and this is a sad mm. thing, for a lot of the guides, a lot of guides are almost unemployable when they walk away. Because mm. what can they do? They did a guiding course and what? So, and the, 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 the irony of that, the irony of that mm-hmm. is that guiding position teaches you human behavior, like base level psychology, mm-hmm. animal behavior, crowd management, damage control, and, 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 but that doesn't get seen. It doesn't get seen. No, definitely. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's unfortunately, it's a very difficult industry. And that's also a reason that we, we decided to eventually <coughs> leave because as I said, during lockdown, we started looking at like, okay, where are we going? Cause one big thing that happened in lockdown, what like the, when the very first initial lockdown happened, we were like, Oh no, are we going to lose our jobs? Is the industry even going to be here? Like is, is, mm. you know, what's happening to the world? Like, can we really, like, is this really a job that we can actually have next year or something? Like yeah. we didn't know. 
And then we started thinking about, because um, we have always said since like long back that eventually when it's time for settling down and kids and stuff, which is not very soon at all, but mm. but in the future, we want to move to Sweden. Um, simply because I really want to be close to my family and also because everything is paid for by the government. So it's, sure. it's easy. Um, yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, we've like okay but what what can we do in sweden um and there's no lodges there's no like you know and even in in south africa having kids and a family is very difficult at mm-hmm. a lodge uh, and it's a very difficult industry to have a family life with uh, and that's what we started realizing that okay what kind of future are we seeing for ourselves for some people it works like some mm-hmm. people make it work and in in, that's amazing and i'm happy for them but for ourselves we felt that it, it's not really the future that we want. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. That's why we now uh, starting early enough, because as you say, it's difficult to go directly from the, from the lodge industry and then go into normal life. Sure. Like, what, what do you do? Because uh, eh? it is a really tricky. Yeah, it really is. Do you but think it's been and amazing, is, you know, mm, sorry, go for it. No, they're just saying that it's, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing experience being in this industry. And I think, as you say, it teaches you a lot, but, mm. uh, but it definitely, yeah, it definitely also makes you think of, okay, yeah. where, where am I going with it? Sure. Yeah. Hypothetical question. I mean, for you guys, does Craig also do photography? A little bit. Not as much, but he's he, he calls himself an amateur, an amateur, a wannabe wildlife photographer. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. so hypothetical situation. <laughs> Let's say, for example, you guys now go and do your year. You do your Tanzania thing. You come and run a couple of workshops with us, whatever the case is. You move mm. back to Sweden. Do you think it's fine? And I'm asking this for younger photographers who are listening. Do you think it's viable for someone like Carolina to come here? You've now got X amount of content that you've photographed mm-hmm. here, Tanzania. You come to Amara camp, blah, 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 blah. You then go back mm-hmm. to Sweden. Do you think it's viable for you to be there, work on prints, work on, for example, online tutorials, Zoom coaching for photography, whatever the case is? Do you think that is mm-hmm. viable? Uh, you mean as like a sustainable career for... Yes, for to make money. Uh, I think so. I think uh, I would probably have to think about like outside of the box with uh, probably continue doing wildlife photography, but in Sweden, uh, and like it's harder to find there. It's not like you you mm. know go to Kruger and you drive in. The but, 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 so, so, so let's try this. Let's try this. So if it's for example mm. someone in Norway, Sweden, fucking Alaska, yeah. Hawaii, for them to come to Africa yeah. for two months, mm. photograph the hell out of everything, go back for the next four months and use that content to monetize it in mm. some way from her. Yeah, for if, it, if it's for four months, I would say that would maybe be possible. And then go back um, and do it again. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I guess it kind of depends, hey? Like, it's a, it's a tricky question because it's like, it all has all these different variables because it's like, okay, have you built a brand? Have you you know, like, do you have value to put out there with regards mm. to teaching and all that kind of stuff? But if you say that, that they do, I would say um, that would probably be possible. Um, mm. But you definitely have to work hard on it. And um, there it is. To make yeah. it a possibility. Yeah. There it is. It's the graph. It's the amount of time you put in. Mm. It's because, again, definitely. same definitely. my content, your content, all of my guys' content, mm. all of what people see is the highlight reels. They see me in the Mara sitting next to a fire. And with the migration and whatever the case is, they don't mm. see me sitting in the studio day off day or doing spreadsheets and, and, and. And it's the same thing. Absolutely. You spend a lot of time, a lot of the time, the stuff that people see on your Instagram is based on what mm. you show them. It's your final product. They don't see the process. Mm. But if you are willing to do the Definitely. process in this game, it can work. I believe it can. I really do. Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. As you say, it's it's all about hard work, and that's that's also I put a thing out the other day because, <clears throat> because like we work really hard here, and because um like it, it's it's struggles sometimes, uh, and people always message me and they're like, you live the dream life, and I love your lifestyle, and how can mm-hmm. I do your job, and and I'm like. Yes, I'm very lucky to be here, but you don't see the backside of it. And I never thought that I would be that kind of uh, like Instagrammer, if you want to put it like that, where people be like, I'm jealous of your lifestyle. Because because when you think about social media, like isn't real and that kind of stuff, you think about these skinny supermodels that people are like, oh, I think I want to be like her. And, and sure, sure. It's a, like, that's a you know, bad body image and stuff. Um, and I was like, that's, you know, I put wildlife out there. So I never thought that people would look at me being like, almost in the same way of like, I want, want your life and you, your life is perfect. Mm. And, and I had to like go out and say, guys, see, social media isn't real. Like it isn't my, my life isn't wildlife all the time. Um, for the past six weeks being here, we have been so busy at the lodge that I haven't gone out on a single game drive. Yeah. Uh, I think I went out yesterday, no, two days ago, on a little bumble with with a few friends. But that was we didn't see wildlife and like of just a few like zebra and whatever. But um, didn't do much photography at all. Uh, so and that's the thing. People think I'm here for six weeks and every day I go out and take photos of lions and leopards. Mm. And that's not the reality. Uh, that no. is just what's what I put out there because that's the good photos that mm. I want to show people. Yeah, but but you yeah. know what? What you know what I think? So I, I have a problem, and we spoke about it. In- I loathe influencers. I hate it because I follow and I hate it. There it is. I hate it because you get these young kids. They're 19 years old. Every single post is look at this glass. Look at my phone cover. Look at my this, that, the other. Mm. And there is, they are literally, they have audience because they're either pretty or famous or they got lucky. Mm. There is zero. There is fuck all value behind it. Nothing. Mm. The reason Mm. why I think someone like you and, and look, and look, you and I are both influencers. We have an audience and yeah. we influence people by our decisions, by whatever the case is, right? Absolutely. But that is why I think yours is not based on you posting bikini pictures every day yeah. and holding a protein powder or whatever the case it is. Yours is based yeah. on true value and passion. And I think that's what's mm. missing in the online world. People are they, they're doing it to make themselves feel better. They are doing it in mm. order to make a quick buck. They are not basing the mm. foundation on value and passion and wanting to make a difference. You posting the content yeah. of how you want to be a better photographer, that is you actually mm. caring about people. And that's what's mm. missing in today's world. So I mean, from an influencer point of view, you are one, I, all my guys are, because that's not what we try and do. It's just you have people's attention. You can have 10 followers and be an influencer. You, you can influence someone. If you as 10 followers influences someone to buy this airpod case then you've influenced someone but it's based at least yours for me is based on passion and value and giving back and that's a big deal absolutely i think it's, I think it's great so a lot of oh no thank you and i'm glad to hear that and i think as you say like a lot of people are also seeing especially in the like wildlife photography <coughs> instagram world and um, i see a lot of people not all of them but a lot of people are focusing on their on their following and the like <laughs> growing and the likes and this and that and it's like this whole number game and and trust me I was also there like I also focused on that uh, for a bit and I thought that was important part and of the then game. maybe it's e- yeah it is part of the game and I definitely think that because it's easy for me to say now that I've grown a bit uh, with my following it's easy to say that I don't care about the numbers because like okay I'm, I'm, I'm here now but um 
it is obviously numbers help you to get your like work out there and it might bring you opportunities. So that's a great thing. But mm. what I've realized is more important for me is uh, getting like value from the people who follow me. It's not just about having that number up next to your name. It's about, mm. okay, do they comment on my stuff? Yeah, do they yeah, send yeah, me yeah. messages? Do, do I connect with people? Like, um, like I've, I've connected with you through Instagram and, mm. and that's amazing. And, and like, do I get some value from the people that I follow? And I've met friends through Instagram now, which is incredible and mm. gotten opportunities. And that's the important thing. Mm. Not social media. No, social media still has to be social. It's, it's, it's all messed up. Absolutely. It's the old, and it's now suddenly everything's, oh, it's tech. The people who are winning is who's using this technology, but you're approaching it with a 1960s mom and pop store. It's very yeah. personal. Hey, Carolina, how's it going? Mm. How's Craig doing? Cool. When are you guys going? That's cool. Mm. Oh, here's your gin and tonic. You like it like that. And here's your white bread. You like mm. it sliced. Have a great day. But now we can do it at scale. Yeah. And people miss that. Absolutely. They just think, and this whole, everything from Black Lives Matter to me too, to all of everybody mm. being offended by everything is because suddenly people have a little soapbox to stand on but they've got no backing yeah. and no foundation. But that's a podcast for another Absolutely. time because I could go down that rabbit hole <laughs> a lot. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so tell me quickly, if, if yeah. what, what else, apart from working at a large in photography, what else keeps you busy? What's your hobbies? Mm. What do you do? Um, not much. Eh? <laughs> Lightroom and Photoshop. Like, obviously the launch. <laughs> yeah. um, I think... Yeah, like I, uh, obviously when we go and leave and stuff, we we go to Kruger, so so that's but that's part of the wild photography thing. And then obviously mm. like seeing friends and um, hanging out with family and stuff. But yeah, I used to do horse riding, um, but I don't do that anymore because I don't really have the time. It's mm -hmm. not really possible when you live out in the bush. Sure. But hoping to get into that as well. Um, nice. And yeah, what else? I'm not sure. <laughs> you you make reels. I mean, it's good. I make reels. That's mm. the thing. I'm on social media. I, that's where my time goes. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay, but listen, no, let, let's wrap this one up. I think we should do this again down the line. Mm. Once you guys, once you're back from Tanzania, get in touch when you're back from mm. Tanzania. Let's do a podcast as a follow-up. Um, for everyone listening, so good. I need you to go and follow Carolina on all her platforms. I'll put all of the links in the description to the podcast. Real value. If you need to go to Tanzania in February, when was it? In March, beginning of March. In March. This works seven. well because yeah. the Wild Eye trips are in Feb. Yours is in March. It all works well. So you can go on both. Double yeah. book it if you can. Go and hit her up. Um, Karina, it's been yeah. amazing. Thank you so much for your time. When you guys come to Joburg, no, let's make so up for a dinner or a lunch. And I'm being dead Absolutely. serious. If you ever want to collab on a trip, talk to me. Um, I think we can do but some good things amazing. as a company together. Um, quick that one, just so as great. to Thank end you. off, tell people where they can find you on Instagram, please. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Carolina Noree Wild. So that's Carolina with a K uh, and then N-O-R-E-E -E, and then Wild at the end. Mm. Do you have an oh. email address where people can get hold of you? Yes, I do. So that's Carolina again with Carolina with a K and then at N-O-R-E-E, -E, so Noree dot S-E. So Carolina at Noree dot S-E. Fantastic. All right, guys, um, we're going to wrap this up and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Have a good one. Carolina, thank you so much. Thank you.
Okay, cool, guys. So there you go. Uh, as mentioned, I will have all the links that's mentioned in this podcast in the description. You can check it out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you have any questions, get hold of Carolina or get hold of me. My name is Jerry Fenevolt, and all the social media platforms is the same. And my email, Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, at wildeye.co.za. Um, I think that's about it for now. I might still squeeze in one or two episodes this year, depending how it goes. But if not, guys, stay safe, stay awesome, and I'll chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. (laughs) 